Hey, so today we are wrapping up the book of Galatians, right? For the last 13 weeks we've been in this journey, uh, only Jesus, the, the letter to the Galatians. And many times when churches wrap up a study, we kind of end it, we move on to what is next and uh, kind of leave it all behind. We don't always do a great job at kind of capturing like what we learned, you know, what, what, what it was like over the last 13 weeks as we studied this book. And so I want to encourage you, especially if you're in a small group, and hopefully you are, to take some time to think about this and, and talk about it with your group. Like, what difference did Galatians make in your life? You know, for me, uh, just preaching a majority of this, it, it was impactful for me too, right? That's important for you to know. Uh, that even though I'm, I'm a pastor here, that I'm still changed by God's Word all the time. A couple things stand out for me. Uh, one of them is how I preach and how uh, we're leading this church, and one is just for me personally. But I'm reminded as we have this church body what our goal is. Our goal is not to make little religious people, right? Our, our goal is not to make you more religious, um, you know, religion, as was kind of um, talked about throughout this book, is just a, it's people following the set of rules. And if you follow all of these different rules, uh, you will, you'll find, you know, God's pleasure will be upon you. But we realize that that's not what it's about. It's about this transformation, this personal transformation of, of God working in your life and the, the cross that we just sang about uh, being impactful, the spirit who indwells in you, living and leading you. And that's what we want. And that's what I'm about. That's what I want to see happen. Even today, each and every Sunday that we gather, that there's some sort of transformation. There's, the Spirit is working. The Spirit is working in your life throughout the week. It's not just something you do on Sunday, but it, it's, it goes with you Monday through Saturday. And so it's just a good reminder of that transformation that we're after. But along with that, it's my transformation so just mostly in the chapters 5 and 6 over the last few weeks and just how Paul uh, in those last chapters really zooms in on the Spirit and just spends a lot of time talking about walking with the Spirit, living in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, staying in step with the Spirit. And even for me, just a, such a good reminder to have those thoughts, that word kind of on my mind each day. Reminding me, hey, Ethan, stay with the Spirit. Keep walking with the Spirit. Stay in alignment with the Spirit. You know, for years I spent a lot of time thinking about um, abiding with the Father or walking with Jesus, following Jesus. But Paul really here just captured this whole um, concept, too, of the Spirit as well, right? And that's what we do as followers, right? We, we do abide with the Father. We follow Jesus, but we walk with the Spirit, all these things, part of the Trinity, as we are following God. And so, to me, that was impactful for me, just a reminder to keep in step with the Spirit. So, that's some of the things that I had been um, growing in over the last few weeks, and I hope that you have found some things as well. So, please think about that this week, and like I said, if you're in a small group, spend some time talking about that. Well, we will finish this last chapter, these last uh, few verses. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Galatians chapter 6. We will be starting in verse 6. But here, Paul is just continuing uh, some of the, the, the same 
uh, line of thought that he had over the last couple chapters, right? It's that same thing. How do you walk with the Spirit? What does that look like? Because that's an easy thing to say, but for a lot of us, we're like, what does that mean? How do I do that? Right? And so last week we talked about bearing each other's burdens, right? Uh, caring each other when people are feeling overwhelmed or if they're caught in sin that we are to come by and gently guide and walk with them, right? That's part of walking with the Spirit. We do it in community. He today will talk about, uh, about I don't know, at least three more things, three things that I'll comment on, right? That as we walk with the Spirit, we do three things. We're, we're continuing to learn from God's Word. We continue to stay in this community learning together. Right? We're going to strive for holiness, and we're going to boast in the cross. So those will be the things I uh, comment on today. But let's read this passage. I won't read all the verses, but we'll start in verses uh, 6 to 10, and then I'll skip 14 to 15. But here's what he says in verse 6. He says, Nevertheless... The one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. And in verse 14, it says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we look into your word, that you would just open it up. Not only open up your word, but open up our hearts. Lord, that we would continue to understand what it means to walk with the Spirit as we learn to value your word and learning from your word as we continue to strive for holiness and that we focus on the cross because in the cross that's where people experience grace where they experience salvation that's where life begins so may we continue to be drawn to the cross daily we ask this in your name amen so first walking with the spirit what do we do we value learning from god's word okay uh, I, I was careful in how I summarized that, right? Uh, what I wanted to, to make the point is, as I look at Paul's thought here, is that there's great value in being together and learning God's word together, right? What he's saying is if you have gained from the teaching of God's word, support it, right? Support it financially. Uh, that's always a, a weird thing for pastors to talk about, right? Money. Right? And just by the way, if it's your first week, we don't talk about money all the time. We really don't. But this is in God's word, and we want to just bring this about. But he's saying, if you benefit from being together and learning, then support it. Look what he says in verse 6. He says, nevertheless, the one who receives instruction from the word should share all good things with their instructor. Uh, well, that's kind of a funny way to say it. 
Share all good things with their instructor. Does that mean, you know, a good thing like here's some, uh, some baked bread and some lemon bars, you know, I want to share? That would be great, but that's not, not exactly what he's talking about. A uh, word of encouragement, that's good. But what he's saying is that, that we need your financial support to keep this going. Think about the church that he planted. He was in this area, this region of Galatia. He planted these churches. And in each church, he, he brought in people who had been changed by his teaching. And they were going to be the elders, the pastors of the churches. They went, they, then Paul left, and he left them, and he, they were the ones that were training. They were speaking to their people. They were helping their congregations grow. But then, remember the story in this book, these people from Jerusalem came, and they said, ah, oh, Paul, he didn't tell the whole story, right? He's leaving out parts. And so they, they shared, you know, you got you to follow Jesus plus the law, right? We've talked a lot about that in the past few weeks. So the church got went along with that. And they probably, what I imagine, is stopped supporting them, started giving their money to these guys. But now after all of this, Paul's setting it straight. And he says, we got to get back to that. Get back to this being together, learning together. And so those people that had put their lives on hold, they, they left their careers so that they could come and teach and shepherd and lead, go back to supporting them. And so value this time together. Right, so that's, I think, what his heart is, right? It's, yes, support this so that we can be together. A lot has happened. A lot has happened since those early days in these churches in the Galatia area to where we are right now. But I just want to say thank you for your support. Uh, Paul, uh, what he says is true. We, we need this support. We, we are not an organization that gets money from the government, right? We, uh, we are not a... a an organization that makes profit, right? Uh, we made $4,000 in a garage sale. That's great, but that doesn't keep the lights on here. <laughs> right? We can't do that every weekend. I don't want to do that every weekend. Uh, neither do you. Um, but how we uh, pay for our staff, how we keep uh, the building uh, functioning and upgraded and, and things like that, uh, how we pay the insurance, how we do all that is through you. You're giving, and it's really amazing. It's amazing that we can do all this uh, just uh, with the, the offering that you guys give. So I, we thank you for that. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about how you give. You know, should you give every Sunday in the offering plate in cash? Can you give online? Uh, can you give monthly, uh, quarterly, whatever? Um, that stuff doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter. What Paul, I think what he talks about here and in other places is that be generous. All right? Give out of faith right? Uh, give, give what you can. And so whether you give a 10%, whether you give more or less, what can you give generously to keep this ministry going? Because this is important for us. We value this. And those who walk with the Spirit, we need this. We need to be together. I read something a couple weeks ago that talked about uh, current trends in, in attendance, church attendance. And they said the regular attender in church is defined by this, if they go to church once a month. That's regularly attending. Uh, to me, guys, that doesn't cut it. All right, let's not do that. We can be better than that average. I know we may not make, you know, every single Sunday. I know you have things going on. You have people to visit and family and all that. You have obligations. But do we value this? Is this important? I hope it is. 
I hope it is that we come, that we make this priority. Uh, if we're not here, if we can, if we watch it online, that's a beautiful thing to do as well. Just to, to stay in step uh, with the church is how we stay in step with the Spirit. So, uh, so with that, that I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, you know uh, what I, I'm, I'm thankful for how you guys give. Continue to do that. Uh, may we continue to use those funds to bless this world, bless this community. Uh, I'm excited about that. But that's what Paul, the first thing he says, sustain step with the Spirit, value this community where we learn together, we support each other. What else does he say? The next thing, walking with the Spirit is to live a holy and good life. A holy and good life. Uh, Paul's going to now kind of change. He uses this uh, agricultural metaphor. Right, to talk about how we grow and how we, we walk with the Spirit. Uh, many of us would not be defined as kind of agricultural people. You know, we have, uh, most of our jobs are not in that area. But we all understand, I think, I think we all understand seeds, right? We all understand the idea of, yeah, to have a little seed. It's so small, right? It's just in a little bag that you buy at the grocery store. You don't even know how long it's been there. It looks dead, but you plant it, and in the right environment, what happens? Life. Life happens, and it grows, and that's what he talks about now is in our lives, right? Sowing these seeds uh, that are in the Spirit. He says this in verse 7. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So all this in the context of how we stay in step with the Spirit, right? We sow good seeds. Really, what he's saying is there is only two seeds that you can sow in life. You sow one or the other. The seeds, the seeds of the flesh or the seeds of the spirit. What are we sowing? Everybody here is a gardener. You're all in the business of gardening. So what are you sowing? But that first line, he says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. It means this. He's not going to be fooled. He's not going to be fooled by you. Uh, the, the person who would um, kind of say, hey, I, I go to church. I'm being religious. I'm doing all these things. Uh, every Sunday I devote to the Lord. But then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there's no spiritual life. There's no attempt to have the Spirit working in their lives. There's no desire to love others, but it's all about me. He says, for the person like that, you're not fooling God. You're not going to trick him. You're not going to get up to heaven and, uh, uh, you know, impress him with all the religious things you did. He's going to say, what did you sow and what is the harvest? Right? I can see that. There's no fooling God. So what kind of seeds are we sowing? He, we, he had already talked a couple weeks ago. We talked about the fruit of the flesh. Remember that? In uh, chapter 5, like 19 and 20, it says the works of the flesh or the fruit of the flesh are obvious, All right? Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, uh, envy, anger. 
all those things. That's the fruit, right? But what are the seeds? Those little seeds that look so small, we barely notice it. Those are the seeds that are being selfish, right? It's just all about me. Being rude. Those are the seeds. Lazy. Being full of gossip. Being dishonest. Those little lies that you like, nobody knows, nobody cares. All of those are seeds. And what Paul's saying is God sees those seeds. You're not fooling anybody. You're not going to uh, be selfish, lazy, and lie and produce something of the Spirit. It doesn't work that way. So be careful. Pay attention. What kind of seeds are you sowing throughout the week? He says those seeds, if you do that, if you live that way, right, you, if you have those grudges that you kind of harbor and that you refuse to, to work through, you're sowing these seeds of the flesh, right? If there's people that you have this resentment from and instead of going to them and working it out, but you just let it build and build and pretty soon that builds hatred, right? That's the fruit of that. That's the seeds. That's the seeds and the fruit of the flesh. All these things, they matter because they produce something. So Paul's just saying, you reap what you sow. Be careful what you sow, those little things. Pay attention to that. Um, I, one of the things I love is, um, like, when if I have time and I'm watching, like, movies on Netflix, I, I love the period pieces, right? Now, if you ask my wife, what is a period piece? It's the Elizabethan kind of stuff like that. I'm talking more like Vikings, right? Vikings, Revolutionary War kind of stuff. Like, I love those kind of shows. But it's funny, like, I... I, I, I see the new, new Viking show, whatever. I'm, I want to watch that. And I, I never finish. Um, I get into it, and, and just it's like, I just can't do it. Right? I can't do it. It's just not good for my soul. Right? Uh, my wife and I, we started a show, and I, it was like one episode in it, and I just said, we can't do this. I, I just, I know people like it. I know it's popular, but I just can't do it. And so, you know, on your Netflix, you have all this. You want to resume these shows. Like, all these shows, and I'm like, I can't resume those. But I, I have to be careful because i got to guard that those, those are seeds, right? And they will produce something. So be careful what we are sowing. Instead of that, we sow seeds in the Spirit, okay? So that's what we do uh, throughout the week. Instead of those those other seeds, right, we, com we combat those. Combat those seeds with kindness, right, compassion and mercy, things like that, right? That's uh, the seeds that we, we need to sow that are seeds in the Spirit. Okay, so, but he says this. This is really interesting. You almost think he's moving on in verse 9, like, oh, you know, sow seeds in the Spirit, but now let's talk about some other things. But it's all in the context of harvest. He says, let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. All of that is in the context of this is what pleases the Spirit. This is the seeds that please the Spirit. Doing good. Doing good to all people. Right? Especially those who are in this context, our church context. He says, first thing he says, don't give up 
Don't become weary, right? It is hard. It is hard to be the person who's constantly uh, trying to do good in their community, right? Um, compassion ministry is, is, is tiring, right? We do good. We put ourselves out there, and not everybody receives it, or they don't respond to it. And you can get discouraged very easily. He says, don't give up. Keep doing it, because at the right time, the harvest is going to grow. Do good to everyone, to all people. Right, there's no qualifications on here, right? No qualifications on here uh, on to, are, are they nice people? Do we agree with them? Uh, what their political um, background is or their sexual orientation or the pronouns they want to use? Like, it, it, there's no qualifications. He says, do good to all people, right? Because why? Because they're made in the image of God. All people are. And yes, people are hurting and people are all over the map, but that's not our issue. Right now, he's saying, you want to sow seeds in the Spirit, you do good to all people. Then he says, especially to those two in the church. Right? If we can't love each other, if we can't do good to each other, what is the witness that we have? Especially to those in the church. It means a few things. Right, it means that even if, uh, I mean, certainly that the, the immediate application we think of is Ambassador Church, right? We're going to do good to Ambassador Church for sure. And I hope we do. And we talked a lot about that last week, right? Looking out for each other, carrying burdens, lifting each other up. So that's, that's important. But it's other churches too, other Christ-following churches. that We don't badmouth them. We're not going to badmouth another church right? We're not going to badmouth other Christians. We're all on a journey. We all have a, a mission, and we have uh, things that, we're, we, uh, that God has called us to do, but we're going to do good to all people, even if they're outside this church, right? Um, but we're going to pay close attention to our community, and we're going to look. How can we care for each other? How can we do good to help each other, right? There's so many ways, right? Uh, people that are struggling, with sins or addictions, all right? Remember we heard last week, how do you help them? Gently, all right? Come by with them, gently helping them, all right? Generously bear a burden when someone's overwhelmed in life, okay? That's, that's doing good. Helping people with their needs, with transportation needs, um, you know, furniture needs, uh, rent or bills, that kind of stuff. Like, it's being aware, seeing what is out there. How can we help people during this time? Maybe it's just babysitting for that, that uh, husband and wife who, who just need a break, right? Just saying, we got it. We'll take care of this. There's lots of ways that we can do good. We can help each other. Sometimes you just, you see it around you. You see it right here, and you can take care of that. Other times, it's in your small group, and you're, you're with a small group of people, and you're able to see those needs, and you can take care of that. But we also here, we have a kind of a, in a big way, we have the, our servant fund. Some of you know about our servant fund. It's separate from our offering. It's an additional way that you can give, but it's to help people in need, people in our church and people in our community right around us that have need, and we can, we can help that. And so you can do good by giving to that so we can help. Just a couple weeks ago, we um, got a call from um, one of our connections in the city who said, hey, we, we have a family, their whole house burned down, they have nothing. They've got nothing, right? Can, is there anything you can do to help? They don't have any clothes or whatever. We were able to go to the servant fund, get some Target gift cards, and uh, give them to the, the family just so they could have just some basic clothes or whatever they needed. It wasn't a lot. 
but together with other churches in the area, we were able to help them, right? That's not going to solve everything, but it's a way that we can do good because of you, because you guys help with that. We've had uh, people in our, in our church that aren't able to work for healthy reasons, and we're able to help provide rent for them, uh, things like that, uh, counseling, um, bills, all that kind of stuff. You guys, uh, this is doing good, sowing seeds in the Spirit. Uh, we just talked about the yard sale yesterday. Uh, you guys did good with that, right? Some of you gave some things from your, your own uh, collection, shall we say, right? I know you could have said, hey, you know, I think I could get 50 bucks on, on eBay for this or, you know, Craigslist or off, offer up, but you gave it to the church, right? Um, like we said, we were able to make some money for the kids. That's great. That's great. But what I was more interested in was the smiles of our people that you guys that helped. You were there. You were there smiling. You were there saying, welcome to the church. Welcome to Ambassador. Um, Getting to know them. Right? I don't know if anybody came to our church from that. Right? I don't know. But what we did, we were able to just smile, love them, introduce them to maybe some of the programs we have, right? VBS, hopefully some come to VBS. Um, but that, but we were able just to be good in our community, right? That's sowing the seeds of the Spirit. Don't become weary. Keep going. This summer, we've got some stuff planned, right? Upwards is one of those. Upwards is going to take a lot of energy from a lot of people. But that is sowing seeds in the Spirit, doing good by loving these little kids. Uh, Yeah, teaching them basketball, but teaching them the love love of Jesus. Sharing the stories. Those of you giving food or just sitting with people, that's doing good. Showing the love of Jesus, right? These are the things that he's talking about. Sowing seeds in the Spirit. When you do that, you reap a harvest. You might see it, you might not. But God's word goes forth. Right? These seeds will grow. So walking with the Spirit, supporting learning from God's Word. It's striving for holiness, right? Sowing seeds of love through the good works. What else? The last one that he talks about here is walking with the Spirit is to focus on the cross. Right now, Paul is going to wrap up his letter. He's going to take the pen from his scribe, and he's going to write it himself, uh, nice block letters like an architect. He's going to write these little letters and said, now pay, if you haven't paid attention to anything, pay attention here. Let's wrap this up. And here's what he says. And by this, this is the most kind of unconcrete example of them all, so it's going to take some some work as we look through this. But, But here's what he says. He says, see what large letters I used to write with you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. All right, there's some people that are just trying to impress others. Okay, that's not what we're about. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. They want to be comfortable, right? That's not what we're about. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law. They want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. There's, there's some that are hypocritical. They say one thing, but they do another. That's not what we're about. And here's what he says, verse 14. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is new creation. What counts is new creation. 
I think what Paul's saying here is to walk with the Spirit is to boast in the cross, right? To boast in the cross. That may not sound weird to us because we've heard it, right? We've seen it. Uh, We have cross jewelry. We have crosses maybe tattooed on our bodies, whatever. But then, I mean, the cross is still an instrument of torture, right? Uh, It's like the gallows, the electric chair, uh, uh, those kinds of things, He's like, I'm going to boast in that. Why? Because that's the image of Jesus. That's, that's the essence of what he did. Like he, out of God's grace, he came and he lived the perfect life. He died the perfect sacrifice on the cross. He did it all. Right? I didn't contribute. I didn't do anything. He did it all. Right? That's why I'm going to boast in him. When I'm insecure, I look to the cross. Right? My security is found in him. When I, don't, when I think I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough, I look at the cross. I boast in the cross what Jesus did. It's finished. When I have sinned and I feel like a failure, I look to the cross because that's where forgiveness is. I'm going to look to the cross. I'm going to boast in it. I'm going to live in it. So how do we do this? Here's a couple examples from here. He says one of them is to be humble and not prideful. To seek humility, right? This is what he's been talking about this whole book. He's like, if we please God through human achievement, then pat myself on the back. Look what I did. But we didn't, all right? It's through divine accomplishment. So for that reason, all glory to Jesus. All glory to Jesus and the cross, right? I didn't contribute anything. So I'm going to be humble about that. I'm not going to be prideful. Now, the beautiful thing is he's made me someone so special. I'm a love child of God, and so that's glorious. But as far as what I did, I live in humility. Okay, so I'm going to be humble. Right? Uh, another thing, I'm going to value spiritual transformation, not being religious. Okay, I'm going to value this, um, this act of transformation. And look in verse 15. It says, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. What counts is new life. All right, the circumcision, uncircumcision is like the religion, right? Um, trying to be religious, follow all the set of, you know, behavior. This is the right thing. This is what I should do. It's like, it's not that. It's letting God change our lives. So many of us think that there's only two options. You can be religious or irreligious. You know, religious, just pick a religion, just pick a set of beliefs and follow it. Or uh, be irreligious, just live however you want. Who cares? But those are not our options. The options is found in the Spirit, like walking in the Spirit, being transformed by the Spirit. So we don't have to follow all those and we don't uh, have just follow our own whims. We follow the Spirit. We're led by Him. We walk with Him. We learn from Him. We're transformed by Him. So we're going to value that over being religious. The last thing here is just treasuring Christ, not the world. We treasure Christ. All that He has done. Verse 14, may I never boast except for in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Right? 
We've been crucified with Christ, and that means we are dead to the world. And the world is dead to us. And that's what Paul was basically saying. He's like, I, I see the world. I see the values of the world. I see the philosophies, um, you know, the beliefs. And I'm not going to fall for that. That's not where I find my value. That's not where I find my success. Instead, I look to the cross and I find my love and my value. I find the, the values of the kingdom at work there. I, pleasing the spirit, right? Sowing seeds of love. That's where I find my life. So I, I'm the, the world dead to me, right? It's on the cross. It's dead. But the other thing is I'm dead to the world, right? I'm dead to the world. I mean, uh, I really, he said, you know, uh, our world, you know, the world is on the cross. A, a way that we would say it is like, you're dead to me. The world, you're dead to me. But the world is saying that to us. Ethan, you're dead to me. Because we don't follow their game. We don't follow uh, the way that they do things. We live differently. And at first, it's kind of cute. Oh, that's so cute. You're so different. I love that. But really, they get to that point where it's like, you're not like us. You're not like us. You're dead to us. So when they're uh, so mad, they want revenge, and we just talk about peace and forgiveness, like they don't like that. They don't want that. When they're kind of, you know, hoarding and trying to gain and gather, and we just talk about contentment, we're dead to them. We boast in the cross. We boast in what Jesus did and what he accomplished. Not about us. And that is our treasure. That's where we find our value. And that's where we're going to be transformed. That's how we grow. The fruit of the Spirit grows there. So as Paul ends this letter, he ends with a benediction. In verse 18, he says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. He began this letter with grace. He ends it with grace. And really, grace is all the way through this book that we just read. It's the gospel of grace, God's grace. We see it worked out in how Jesus lived his life and how he died, how he was a perfect sacrifice, how he, he died to bring us back into a relationship. He gave us this freedom. He gave us this love. He gave us a mission. And he put the spirit within us. All of that is God's grace. And that we are thankful for. That's boasting in the cross. That's the grace of Jesus.